Take two. <laughs> Take two. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Unafraid. This is the podcast that brings you stories and discussions from the queer life experience. I'm Jay, of course. You know me pretty well by now. I'm uh, on here every week sharing all my crazy stories, probably more than you want to hear. Um, but I'm so happy to be here doing it. I want to thank the show's sponsor, Rebecca Jonesy, who is a good friend and ally to the queer community. Uh, Rebecca is the author of the Mabs Doll series, where the fae know that everyone is unique and all love is valid. And if it weren't for Rebecca's sponsorship, I don't know if I'd be able to keep this show going every week. So it's, it's really uh, meant a lot to me that she was, she was willing to do that. Okay, today's guest is Eugene. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I am doing pretty well. And this is, full disclosure, everyone, this is actually take two here. <laughs> uh, I was I was trying to record, and then Eugene all of a sudden told me, he was like, you know, there's a bad sound in your microphone. <laughs> Gotta <laughs> fix it. So so this is take two. Hopefully I won't mess it up too badly this time. But uh, anything interesting going on for you today, Eugene? Um, not really, I guess. I've just been preoccupied with, like, I don't know, trying to get a lot of things done. Like, I'm trying to deep clean and reorganize my room while staying on top of work and homework and, like, have some other projects I have in mind. So, yeah, that's cool. And one and on take one, we were talking about kind of uh, homework and, and schooling. Uh, you were telling me you're you're in a graphics design course. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually already do have an undergrad, but I'm uh, just doing more schooling to try and actually help me get a job because my first degree is in um, art and design. <laughs> OK, no, that's awesome. What do you what kind of work are you looking for with it? Um. Ideally, probably like something in the creative or graphic design realm specifically, um, since that's what my current um, certificate is in. Um, but I, I don't have any particular like uh, specific career goals. I would say. Okay, that's cool. This is something to to pay the bills that hopefully you don't you don't hate too much. Yeah, exactly. Like um, that's kind of what I really struggled with when I when I first graduated was that like I, I had done all sorts of different types of design and artwork, but didn't end up with like a real portfolio or anything that I felt proud of. So I didn't know, I, I basically couldn't find a job for a really long time. Um, and like, didn't end up with one in the creative field. So I was like, okay, I guess I need more school. So here I am. <laughs> okay. Do you enjoy the schooling? I do. I like the graph before, um, so my major is, it's kind of like hard to describe because it was, it's kind of open-ended. Um, but I liked, I started doing more graphic design towards the end of it. And I really sort of enjoyed that type of design more because it's less personal, I find, in my opinion. So it's not as, it wasn't as emotionally and personally draining as a lot of my work was in school. Interesting. Okay. So you're, you're gravitating towards the stuff towards the work that is that is actually less personal to you yeah because um i find like it's 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 more like uh cut and dry like it's more methodical and it's like i have a prompt there's something i have to make specifically within these guidelines and like it's pretty it's much more like straightforward and it requires less like kind of like personal like input for me and i find i like that when it comes to like 
like work um, because it's it's like it's just something I'm getting paid to do, you know. Yeah. Well, that's that's really interesting. Now, do you do you do artwork for your for yourself outside of that work as well, or no? Um, not really anymore. I kind of it's as like school was really traumatizing for me. Um, it was really hard, and just like a lot of things were happening during it, so. I kind of was like traumatized by by like school and like it traumatized me against like feeling like I could produce my own personal work um, and be proud of it. So like I want to try and address that personally and like maybe go get back to doing some more things like that. But like I haven't really dabbled in serious personal work aside from just like craft, like basic kind of like knitting and like crafting like that. But yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. You know, and and when I when I say this, this is just this is just coming from me and about me, and that doesn't necessarily apply to you, but to me, um, because I experience a little bit of, of that as well. And for me that's that's anxiety. Um mm-hmm. and it's it's much easier on my anxiety if I have really clear cl- clear cut instructions or exactly. a clear focus, you know. Um but that's funny because I I write fiction novels as well, and I have not been able to write in the longest time. And I think it's because I've got so much anxiety about, you know, just creating, creating without a, a, a strict guideline. And uh, so I understand that. But that's that's it. I don't I don't think I've ever heard someone else describe it like that either. Yeah, I think and especially for creators, like it's we have the tendency to be perfectionist, you know, <laughs> And like, at least for me, I think that's what I see. And it's definitely a, a per, like a, you know, a flaw of myself. Um, so like, we just like, are afraid to like, can be afraid to make mistakes, you know, and like fail. And like, you just want everything to come out perfectly and be great at something at the first try when it's not like that. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I remember when I when I was writing my very first book, and it was my it was a bucket list thing, you know, I want to write a, a novel someday before I die, and it's quite a long time ago now, but, um, you know, I was writing it, and I was stumped for quite a while because I felt like I had to have this grand, incredible thing, um, and then, so I, I started reading a lot more books that were kind of in my genre, and I was like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be grand and incredible, it just needs to tell one simple story and that's all you you focus on because if you focus on grand and incredible i think you really kind of shoot shoot yourself in the foot you know you you'll get too worked up um but yeah no that's yeah interesting yeah i think it's just like the more obviously the more you do it the better it's gonna be so like no matter what the first attempt's not gonna be that great right yeah exactly exactly well in and now years later when I when I sit down to write something, I feel like it has to be better than the other ones. <laughs> I'm supposed to be improving, but I, I'm just the same person. <laughs> exactly, like we're always holding us ourselves to like comparative standards and stuff like that, like to comparing to other people or just feeling like, oh, at a certain point in my career or life, this is where I should be at. But really, you know, life just isn't like that. No, no, it it's not, and I and I think that. Um, you know, depending on how you were, how you were raised, and I know I was raised this way, that you should always be trying to better yourself so you can achieve a, a certain status in, in society or, or within your family. And 
I just, it, it's taken me 40 years <laughs> almost to realize that that type of thinking just just doesn't make me happy. In fact, it makes me damn miserable. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and I can, you know, I know that it, it worked for generations before us and it works well for some people, but I just don't think I'm that type of person. You know, I, I really want to live for little adventures or, or little enjoyments, not necessarily some grand, you know, scheme or big corporate job, something like that. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like in terms of general life or like career goals for me it's more like i just i just want to be able to live comfortably and like maybe help provide for my fam like my mother a little bit like my family um and that's really it you know like however whatever means i take to do that like it it's not super important to me yeah that's awesome and i have a a couple of friends uh kaya and Britt, and and they um it's it's really interesting and it was eye opening to because they're you know they're a younger couple i think they're they're just under 30 and um you know they were they were telling me that what they do is they work for long enough to save up for the next vacation they're going to take and then they go on <laughs> they go on this this great vacation like I, I think last time they they went to japan for like a month uh, wow. for almost for almost nothing because they they were smart about it and then they go back to work and they work for however long it takes. So I was like, you know, that's, that's kind of cool. I like that. You really are just living for the experiences. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. So tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself, Eugene. I, I you and I don't know each other. Well, I, on, well, on take <laughs> one, I was mentioning that uh, I uh, actually found you on, on Twitter. I think, um, one of my other Twitter connections had retweeted something you had uh, had said, and I was like, "Oh, you know, you know, he looks cool." Um, so tell me a little and then bit you about found my not safe for work account. Well, yes, <laughs> I found your very, very not safe for work work account, which is really well done, though. I mean, <laughs> there there are a lot of them out there, and I, the the content is great. Thanks, I appreciate it, especially <laughs> since I I haven't been I I like started off strong, like posting a lot of stuff, but then like I've just been so busy, like. It's it's been hard to like kind of make stuff that or to put on there. <laughs> well, in a, another a friend of mine who's just just trying to to get into doing some online sex work has 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 told me how difficult it is for them because you know you you think that it would be you think it'd be easy you know <laughs> we right. all, we all know our body parts and and. Uh, but you know, having to you know to be a master of, of lighting and camera setup, and then the post processing, and it's you know it's it's really kind of a lot of work. I you know according oh, to yeah. them. So. Yeah, definitely. I like so we can just I guess we'll talk about like um uh just like my my position as a quote unquote like sex worker. Um, like I I feel like when in this weird place where Technically, I I have had experiences like as a sex worker, but I don't know if I would call myself like an established sex worker just because like um I don't have like like an OnlyFans set up yet or like you know like I I'm not like I've cammed some a few times but not like too much profit at all. Um, I put photos and stuff out there, but it's kind of like right now, just like for fun almost, um, like I have sold photos sets and stuff like that. And that's pretty much been like the extent of it. I've 
tried to meet people in person, like for like uh, for sex, like paid sex, but it's been really. I've been like stood up a lot, um, so it's like it's been like um, an up and down sort of thing, and it's something I'm kind of on the fence about delving more into at the moment, um, mostly because I still live at home, so it's like um, the more I would more time and effort I put into it, the more difficult it's going to be to keep it under wraps from like my family. Um, especially since my mom likes to do our taxes together with our, her CPA. So <laughs> that's the, that's literally been the main thing that has kept me like held me back from like delving into it was like the potential of her finding out via like tax work. <laughs> okay, no, that's, that's, that's funny, but totally valid, <laughs> completely valid. Um, yeah. Cause I'm, otherwise I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I have so I'm literally sending on like a treasure trove of photos. Like I should set up an OnlyFans and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, but like, what happened? Like, what is <laughs> like, uh... <laughs> I can just see you sitting down with your mom at tax time. And she's like, so what is OnlyFans? <laughs> yeah, like that's what I want. I'm like, I don't know if like the company like is listed like straight up as OnlyFans when you do taxes or it's like something more discreet, you know? So like, I'm just, I'm just like, I just, I'm going to wait it out a little bit. I'm going to wait it out. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting how you're describing this because, okay. So the, the common line I, I think um, is that, People are forced into doing sex work either in person or online because they have no other options and because they have to support themselves and this and that. But that's that's not how you feel about it at all, is it? That is definitely a re reality. So when the pandemic hit, I lost my job for a little because the we had to close. The, I work in a restaurant, so um, uh, we we were closed and I was like, well, shit, like, what do I do? So maybe I really do have to like be serious about this, but luckily I was able to go back and then the restaurant reopened. Um, so I've been working since. And so I have like a main jo like job, which is why I don't have to rely on sex work. But, um, I, it's not like I'm like exactly living, like, you know, I said, like I live with my family. I like, it's not like I'm living like, a with a ton of financial success. <laughs> so, um, I want, I just want to, you know, I, I would, I'm just been looking for ways to increase my income. Um, and yeah, a little bit of financial have, independence. Yeah. So I have like a lot of friends who are pretty established slash like successful, whatever, you know, quote unquote successful sex workers, um, that, you know, I became friends with and like, um, have kind of gave me advice and stuff. So I was like really considering it. Um, but yeah, um, that's, it's not like I, I, I consider it unnecessary, like an unnecessary thing, you know, cause I, you know, or anything like that. But, um, it's just, it is something that I can afford to be, to like hold out on per, per, like putting time into. Well, and it sounds like it, it was, you know, you had initially said it's something that was, that's fun for you, right? Yeah. Like I, I like, I, I consider it fun. And also I like it because, um, like just like posting news or sharing my nudes because like, um, I like wearing lingerie and I like, like taking photos and I, I've always been into like photography and like 
stuff like that. So um, it's like enjoyable for me. Um, and also it's been like, I never, I was always, until I achieved like a certain point in my medical transition, I was never very confident in my body. Um, and like, you know, had, you know, I have, I had an eating disorder for a very long time. Um, I've, you know, like been very like, you know, unhappy and had, you know, dysphoria, like major dysphoria and dysmorphia and stuff that even today sometimes still pops up. But, you know, like I, it's like a celebration of my body, you know, like I'm, I'm very happy with it where I am at now and like want to share that with people. Well, hell yeah. And do, do you feel like, do you feel like the validation you get from other people who, who see your photos or, or videos? I mean, do you feel like that makes you feel even better? Yeah, I think it's, I like, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's like cool to like, for people to feel like, uh, people think you're sexy or something, you know, <laughs> like, especially when you didn't, you went, you've gone like most of your life not feeling that way. Like, um, so it's like, I'm just, you know, I, I really, of course it, it's, yeah, it's very validating and it's like, it feels good. You know, <laughs> it just feels good. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, and, and I, I, I love hearing that because I mean, the, the narrative on sex workers is so just, just messed up in, in this country. It, it really is. So, but, you know, I think that it's just something that a lot of people enjoy doing, you know, and, and it's, and it's also a way to make money. Um, you know, years ago, um, you know, cause I'm, I'm old, I'm, I'm 40. Um, but, um, you know, my, my wife is a professional photographer and I used to work in the studio with her and we'd have, um, you know, brides or, or, uh, or bodybuilders or this or that come in that that would want you know uh, we called them boudoir photos but it was just you know photos with skimpy clothes or no no clothes and I swear the people who left those photo shoots they looked so freaking happy afterwards it was like yeah. it was like they just felt empowered afterwards I was like wow what a cool thing definitely well that's awesome well you. You just you mentioned your uh, your transition. Is that something that's okay for me to ask you about? Yeah, definitely. I'm like I I'm totally cool with uh, talking about all aspects of my transition. So <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, tell me about the start of your transition. How old were you? Um, honestly, it's like so. I'm really bad with time dates, like timestamps and stuff <laughs> like that. So it's like I I'll give you some rough estimates. Um. I started HRT in, I know it was October, but I think the year was like, I think it was 2016, maybe. I think it's been about five years now. Um, yeah, so that's, it's probably almost five years, I think. Um, and then I got top surgery like uh, four, like maybe a year after that. I think so it's been about I think it's been about four years since I've had talk of surgery and that was also in like the fall um like November or something um I had my hyster my hysterectomy was the most recent and I had that about um not was it I, it was either this past October or the one before that I think it was the one before that but <laughs> um yeah I had I did a total hysterectomy as well that's like basically those are basically all the like physical 
thing that's basically the timeline of like my physical transition okay well when that's that's pretty cool now with the the hysterectomy is is not something i know that much about um mm -hmm. what what is a hysterectomy exactly so it's basically part or to, like depends on the type of hysterectomy i think i'm not exactly familiar with all of them either but um I did basically what's called like a like a total hysterectomy, I think, which is removal of like the uterus, ovaries, cervix, like all like everything in like internally, basically, except for the vagina. Um, yeah, so I don't have like ovaries, uterus, so I don't produce like female, like the like a like a what's it called? God, estrogen. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's uh, very cool. I, I and. Um... As I know that uh, there's something that um, people who are assigned male at birth do sometimes called the um, the orchiectomy, um, you know, mm -hmm. re removing the, the testicles so they no longer produce uh, testosterone. Um, no, that's that's cool then. So with with having the hysterectomy, does does that mean that you you no longer have to take hormones, or is that something that you still do? No, so basically, it actually means that I I permanently I permanently have to take some form of hormone because I don't produce my own hormones anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's either whether it be estrogen or testosterone, um, I have to be on them permanently for my like actual health because it um, with your, without hormones, your body just can't function normally. Oh, interesting, interesting. Okay, yeah, and and I just started my own. HRT, like a, oh, maybe oh, nice. a couple, couple months ago, my own feminizing HRT, um, and and so I'm I'm still learning about it. I'm I'm very new to new to everything. Yeah, <laughs> my my very first uh, effects that I can I can feel just popped up in the last couple of days, and it's that my my nipples are extremely sore. <laughs> That's like, what oh I've I've definitely heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is kind of funny because I I. I've never experienced anything like that, so uh, no, no, that's fun. That's fun. Then, um, would, how did your how did your family react to your your transition? Was everything good or uh, not well? <laughs> oh, uh oh, okay. So I came out to them under like very dramatic circumstances. <laughs> it was a, in a very dramatic way. Like I so basically, um, when I kind of realized I wanted to take physical like steps into physically transitioning um i had like basically just graduated um in like 2010 and uh i got i became you know really depressed because i felt like um i wasn't really con i wasn't connected with the community i didn't have all the resources i felt like i couldn't access hormones and i wouldn't be able to so i was just like really depressed and scared and for myself like um I didn't know what to do and I just felt really stuck. So I got really depressed, uh, felt really suicidal. I told my therapist, they were like, so like, how suicidal are you feeling? <laughs> and this was like post a session. And I was like, uh, pretty suicidal. And she's like, okay, you're going to the hospital like right now then. <laughs> so I got sent to the hospital for like, a f for a bit and like talked like with social worker and stuff like that. And um, basically I came out to my parents in front of a panel of like medical students with like this letter that I wrote in my room, the hospital room and like, was like crying. And everyone's like upset and crying. Like my mother's crying, my dad's upset. He's, and <laughs> it was just a mess. But yeah, like my, their initial, so like 
it's been like a like a progress like a process over time of how they ha are responding to my identity like you know the initial reaction was very like we we're like they were like we still love you but we don't accept this or believe in this quote unquote you know um because my mother is very christian um but so you know they were like initially they were like you're not allowed to transition under our roof like we're not gonna let you do this but my dad he works out of state for the most part so he his opinion i'm like whatever your opinion doesn't really matter you're never here <laughs> um but uh my mother i you know i kept i just kept pushing her like i've done with a lot of things in my life just so she's kind of used to this for me where i've just push things on her bound like push boundaries and stuff so I like was like look I'm gonna end up in the hospital again if I don't like do something about this and she's like okay fine but you can't tell anyone and then you know I, obviously you it there comes to a point in your medical transition like with HRT where you can't hide it <laughs> anymore um so it's it's been weird because it's like my I've never explicitly like told my father like I had surgeries or that I started it but it's like at this point it's like you gotta know like he knows but he doesn't want to say anything about it um and my mother she she still like misgenders me in the home but she I know she's trying in like her own ways and she, it's really I under I empathize with her you know like I understand she feels really broken about it but at the same time, I want to hold her accountable. And so, um, but yeah, she's been supportive in like basically her own way. Like she, she, she's helped, you know, me with my top surgery recovery, you know, drove me to and from my surgeries. Like, you know, she's, she's like still shown up for me, but like, um, it's still not like, I would say like a hundred percent supportive of the idea, but yeah. Okay. Well, and I think that, yeah, because I'm, I'm not necessarily a a, a hardliner, a, a black and white. You know, if I'm, you know, if if I've told you that I'm I'm trans, I don't expect you to accept it and be okay, and and love the idea right away. Um, you know, I, you know, I make my own mother. I'm I am such a, a chicken shit. Um, <laughs> I, I I still haven't. Well, I, I guess I kind of had now, but she she stumbled across this podcast and uh, ah. and started listening to it. And <laughs> we had a very awkward uh, phone call, uh, you know, <laughs> a month or so back. And um, and and she she doesn't understand. Um, you mm -hmm. know, she she thinks maybe she's done something wrong with yeah. me. Um, and, and and so it's confusing with her, for her. But you know, at the at the same time, it's not something that. I'm going to push because I, I also value her comfort, and I am a grown up. I have my my own family, my my own house, so I can kind of be over here insulated while while she's right. thinking about things, you know, and and that gives me a little bit of a, a freedom there. But I I think it's really tough, you know. Um, you know, I've had some people in my life, very select people that that I've told that are instantly on board and uh so much so that it, it, it really kind of startled me i was like oh oh my this i mean i, I didn't expect that i'm that isn't my worst fears realized you know kind of thing um mm -hmm. you know and, and that was my self-doubt trying to sabotage me but so i've been 
I've been really pleasantly surprised by some people, and I hope that um, my mother will 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 come around and and just be okay with everything. And I've told her that all I all I want is for her to continue to love me like she she has since I was little. That's that's all I really need from mm-hmm. a mom, you know. Yeah, I think I think it's really hard for a lot of parents, obviously, because it's like they they just it for some reason like cis people seem to like to they tie your gender identity so intrinsically into like how they they perceive you you know and like shape your their like trajectory like trajectory for like your life and stuff like that and also their their perception and knowledge of gender is so very like binary so it's like it's hard it's if they don't have the resources or haven't had the like exposure or knowledge, they, they don't have, they don't understand. And so like, that's also why I, I like, technically I don't strictly identify as male. Like, um, I, I feel like my gender identity is pretty like, uh, like unique in itself, or at least my take on gender for myself personally. So, but it's very com. It's like, that's complicated, you know? So I just like simplify it for, like depending on context so like between like um my family and i i just i just tell them like you know i'm a guy i use he and pronouns that's it um i change my paperwork all that kind of stuff um so basically initially i actually did use they them pronouns but what i don't like about it or appreciate or find troublesome is that it's very hard to get people to use they them pronouns <laughs> Damn, and I'm sure damn you right. This. <laughs> yep. Um, so I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I just, I, I like, like, for me, pronouns are just, like, a means of communication with people. Like, um, it's just, like, a tool for myself to, like, communicate with people. It's not necessarily, like, um, like a hard line to my identity. Um it's very validating for me, of course, but it's not like, um, it's not like it defines me strictly. So, um, I, I do, it, it kind of like ebbs and flows with how much I want to be. It's like, it's just like complicated with how I like to be attached to the masculinity. So like, I like, for instance, I don't necessarily want to be perceived as a cis guy, but I kind of want to be, I just kind of want to look like it a little bit more because I don't, because I'm very, um, how do I say this? Like very quote unquote visibly queer and very like don't pass because I like makeup and I like, I have long hair and stuff like that. So um, I, I, so it's like, I really struggled initially with that in the initial, like before, right before I had started HRT and stuff like that, because I felt like I had to overcompensate for like not being on hormones with how I presented. So I like had my hair really short. I like didn't allow myself to indulge in makeup and stuff like that. Cause I was like, I have to look like a dude and blah, blah, blah. So people will validate my identity. But I really, I was really unhappy that way. Um, I felt like, you know, I couldn't be myself. And as I, progressed in my medical transition I have kind of feel I feel like I've like shaped my own idea of what like masculinity is to me and instead of trying to like um like fit myself into like a traditionally masculine definition 
which I, is not something I'm interested in. Um, but yeah, so like, I, I'm like, for all intent, I, I say this a lot where it's like, for all intents and purposes, um, like I'm, would consider my, myself a dude. <laughs> I don't even like using male most of the time because it just sounds so like weird to me, but like, um, <laughs> I like, but also it's like, I basically consider myself a sort of beyond gender, not in like a hoity-toity way, but like, I don't feel like gender is useful for describing myself. Like, um, it's like, I just feel outside of these descriptions. Like I don't, um, like even a gender or something like that. I, I, I feel like I am out like, I like when, when it comes to my, how I identify with gender, I don't even want to be acknowledging the binary is the thing. I, I completely understand you. Um, <laughs> you know, if, if you can, if you could see me right now, oh, you, you probably can, cause you can see my little, little avatar, <laughs> you know, based on the way my body and my face and my lack of head hair looks, I mm -hmm. will never, even if I wanted to, I will never pass as right. a, as a cis woman. And the thing is, is I don't really want to. But at the same time, I want to be more feminine, and it's a exactly. really, it's a really strange place. Like, I I just want people to look at me and be like, "Huh, well, they're queer. I'm not sure what right. else is going on." <laughs> like, I want to be seen. I want to be ideally my ideal world. I would like to be seen as like a pretty man, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm I. I'm not usually, I'm usually seen as a woman, but sometimes once I start talking, people get really confused and do a double take. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was just going to ask what, what's it like for you out in the, out in the world? Um, you know, being someone who is, well, I, I'm not going to attempt to describe your, your gender. Um, I, I'll, I'll just say very, very fluid um, at, at the moment. Um, but you know, what's it, how do people perceive you out in the world when, when you're out? Do you, are people uncomfortable interacting with you or, or are they okay? Um, despite living in like a Southern state, I don't experience, I have not, you know, ex actually experienced like straight up, like hateful responses. Um, for the most part, I've been received very well. Um, it's only, I just get misgendered very frequently um, because of the way I present my gender um, because I like to wear makeup. I have like a long mullet, you know, um, and I don't talk in a very like masculine sort of way, even though my voice is kind of deep. I've come to terms with it. Like I, I've accepted the fact that I'm going to be misgendered very often. And I, you know, it's not something that bothers me as intensely because I'm more comfortable within myself. Um, Cause I've like done all these things like medically and stuff, but yeah, people are generally pretty good about it. Cause like, I've, I feel like it, it's because of how I've grown up in the sense, like, um, I've always lived like throughout my, like, uh, transitions in life and stuff, like in like my changes in identity, like I've always been like very out about it, except for to my family. So like when it comes to like socially, like with friends and workplaces and stuff like that, like I've always been like announced like from the get go, like what I, like how I am, like how I identify her. Cause I don't, 
I don't like to be dishonest about that. And I, I don't want, to, like for me, I view it as like, one, I don't want to be living in fear. And two, I don't want um, to be around people that don't accept me for who I am. You know, I just don't want those kinds of people in my life. So if you if it makes you unhappy or upset, then I then we don't need to be friends. Yeah, that's that seems fair enough. I mean, do you feel like you're you're happy with with where you are now? Yeah, definitely. I I'm like um, I'm just trying to. I feel like I lack friends, so I'm like I'm just trying to make more friends, like queer friends especially. But yeah, like in terms of my presence in the world, like I'm pretty satisfied, you know. No, that that's awesome. It seems like you've had. You know, aside from a pretty rocky start with your family, it seems like your your transition has, has gone really well, and you, and you're moving toward uh, things that you really want in your life. That's awesome. Yeah, like I've gotten to a point in my life where, like my trans, my transness, my trans identity, and transitioning isn't my main focus. Like it's not something I that's that's worrying, like concerning me anymore. You know, like it's something that's sort of like. Obviously, it's still, you know, very much a part of me, but it's not like uh, taking up my time and energy to dedicate to, in a sense, because I've, I've, I've gotten so far in my medical transition and like um, social tra socially transitioning was never an issue for me since I was always out, per se. So, yeah, it's been like um, I'm just like I can focus on how I want to advance like my life just as a person. Well, look, looking back at, at your own journey. Um... What would do you have any advice or, or anything that you might say to other young people that are just just starting this confusing uh, gender journey on their own? Yeah, I think, huh? I feel like there's a lot I could say here, maybe, Cause just because I understand that position, you know, very well of like not having the resources, feeling very isolated from community and stuff like that, not knowing what to do, and like, um in terms of like concretely, like what you can do to like progress from that kind of place. Um, just, you do have to do a little bit of homework, I think, um, to like reach out to people and find out, find your local resources. Like you can always start with like a local, like a LGBT center, uh, like LGBTQ center, um, even just like, like everything, usually everything is sort of connected. So if it's like, you post online somewhere, like in a Facebook group, or like um, just ask one of your queer friends, or like you know, just I don't know. Apparently, Reddit's really good for this kind of like LGBT, like trans communities and stuff too. But like, just like push, like just like putting it out there and like doing some digging, you will find the resources that you need, and like there are people that are willing to help. Um, sometimes that takes even reaching out to like providers directly. Um, but it, it's like they're, it, things do get better. Like some, like, I hate saying that because like when I was, I, you know, really struck, I've really struggled with mental illness my whole life. But like when it comes to a lot of the, I feel like for trans people, like in terms of transitioning, it feels really rough in the beginning or it can feel that way. But if it just takes some time, maybe like some people longer than others, depending on your circumstances, but eventually things can get better. Gosh, that's, that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Well, Eugene, it's been 
really, really great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for you know inviting me. Yeah, it's it's been great. And I always love meeting new friends. It's it's a it's an awesome experience. So and hopefully people who are are listening can can learn a little bit uh, about themselves and and kind of what's out there, what resources are available to them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I want to thank our sponsor again, Rebecca Jonesy, author of the Mabs Doll series. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for keeping the show going with me. Um, And to all of you out there, stay safe and stay strong.